Hello aliens and welcome back to Area 51 and a Half, where we talk about all things science fiction, fantasy, horror, and pop culture. I'm your host, Spooky Uncle John. With me, as always, are my Millennial Falcons. Snyderman 501, Nick Snyder. Ren, a.k.a. Pyrolily. Nick, remind our aliens how they can get a hold of us. Well, they can find us on social media, that is Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at the Area51H. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching for Area 51 and a half. And don't forget, you can check out our Patreon for all sorts of exclusive goodies and a shout out during our podcast. And Nick, why don't you tell them about the games night? We're now deep into February and we've been seeing some gloomy weather recently. But you know what helps beat those winter blues? A good old fashioned game night. Every Monday night, Area 51 and a half will be hosting games night at the Danny's from four to close right here in St. Thomas, Ontario. Everybody's talking about it. We've had some really great turnout and we're excited to see our aliens or anyone else who comes out for the night. Entry is, of course, free with purchase of food, but that's not all. Half price nachos and matzo sticks are a go. Also, make sure to check out the potato puffs they are to die for. So come out for a night of fun and frivolity and join us for a game. St. Thomas Denny's is located at 417 Wellington Street at the Elgin Center. Well, Falcons, what a week I had. As we know from the last podcast, I was talking about uh, being uh, cast as a background performer for Prodigal Father. I can't talk too much about it because of confidentiality issues, but I have made the final cut, so I get Ooh. to be get to do the background. So congratulations. So I <laughs> I had to drive to Toronto for a fitting, for a costume fitting. Now, let me tell you something. The experience of the costume fitting itself was fabulous. Really enjoyed the costumers, got to watch the process. I got there Two hours early, I walk into the, I walk into Netflix Studios and I'm like, I'm stupid early. I'm oh sorry, I am stupid early. The reason I was so stupid early is because I didn't know how long it was going to take. I didn't know if there was going to be yep. traffic jams. Yep. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know where I was going. It's always fun when your GPS says turn right here, and you look, and there is absolutely no road or no yeah. place to actually turn, <laughs> and you go, "I can't," and the GPS argues with you. Or turn right here, and you've already passed. The yes, light. yeah. Uh, like, oh, my, yeah. My favorite was in the middle of. We're, we're on our way down to Tennessee. GPS says turn right here. We're in the middle of a of a, of a, of a highway. Yeah, the interstate, and it's like, ah, uh, what? Yeah. yeah. Well, but that was like it wasn't so bad because it was kind of like a direct route. But what I want people to understand is that there is a whole reality show based on the four hundred series of highways here in southwestern Ontario yeah. about how bad and dangerous they are. Oh my God. Because oh. let me explain why they are. Because there are only so many routes that we have to take, and everybody has to take those routes. Mm -hmm. And they all lead you through the biggest cities in Ontario. And it's congested, and people drive like maniacs, and... <sighs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> you know, well, the thing is, like, it's... it's uh, You might be able to translate this for us into miles yeah. per hour, but it's... The speed limit is supposed to be 100 kilometers per hour. And so about 60 miles. Right. So everybody, you know, is going to go a little faster. Understood. I'm doing 110 thinking that's the, the way yeah. it, it should go. Because, that's slow traffic. Yeah, yeah. because that, that's the law, right? If everybody else is doing 110, you do 110, yep. right? Anyway, I'm still being passed. So I thought, okay... I got to go with the flow. I'll do 120. Mm -hmm. I was still getting yep, passed. Yep. And at that point, I went, no, I'm going back to 110. I'm going to go over to the slow lane, going to weave in and out of trucks. I mean, this is like the big trucking lane. It's all that. Yep. Right. And then that's just getting to Toronto, mm -hmm. or as people like to say around here, Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> I... And then when I get there, it is the most surreal city you could possibly be getting into because you're on the Gardner, right? And that's that's where it goes. So you're in the Gardner and you see the CN Tower looming. Now, back in the 70s when the CN Tower was built, it was the tallest freestanding structure in the world. 
Okay. It has since been dwarfed. I mean, there's the oh, huge really? Bird yeah, Khalifa. yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. And so it is no longer that. But at the time it was built, there were no skyscrapers around it, right? So it was like CN Tower. It's still kind of CN Tower, but as you're going in, you feel very claustrophobic because now there's like apartment buildings everywhere that you look like you're going to drive into. Yeah. I remember when, when I was in college when those apartment buildings were getting put up and I was, well, I mean, frankly, from being from St. Thomas, I was in awe of those, those condominiums because yeah. they were massive. My dude, there's even more. I know. Like if there, if there is a, a spot the size of a TV table, they will build an apartment on it. Like mm-hmm. it is so crazy. And then, you know, you have to go down and, and so it was so weird because all of this, all the studios are on the waterfront. And what was really kind of cool about that is the fact that because the GPS is like, turn here, and I'm going, I can't, I had to go down the road a bit. And so as I went down the road a bit, trying to find the route to get to the Netflix studios, I saw Pinewood Studios. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Oh, it was so, it was so much fun. But anyway, the the costume were delightful. I can't talk about anything that I tried on. I can't Mm -hmm. talk about any of that because of the confidentiality agreements. Uh, But I will, I I can say this though, is that I never felt more like a Harry Potter villain in my life as to wearing this costume because it was, is it was so much fun just being part of the process and watching Mm -hmm. it all. Right. So can you tell us, like, I could probably maybe look it up online, but, like, is it, like, set in a certain period? 1800s. Or is it... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can that... I can definitely, like, we all know it's it's called, like, we all know from the internet, so I can talk about stuff yeah. that's already yeah, yeah. out there. We know it's Prodigal can't Father. can't say, I'm wearing a brown suit and this yeah. and that. Like... Yeah, we know it's Prodigal Father. We know it's um, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we know it's basically Frankenstein. Right. So mm-hmm. the the scene is what I thought I, I would be. I, I think I can say I've been cast as a teacher. OK. You know, this is background. So we're all going to be in this uh, lecture hall. Oh, like students, a, yeah, oh, okay. you know, watching Dr. Victor Frankenstein explain S- something blasphemous. pencils into his life. Yeah, like whatever. Frankenstein. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So it's, it was exciting and it was fun. And but the drive. Oh, my God. God, the drive is horrible. Oh, I, I, yeah. I just, you, you want to get off of these highways and just kiss the dirt. So I just want to say my takeaway from this is you both had to go to Toronto this weekend and I just got to stay home and play video games. So I'm good. Yeah, you love yeah, duck. But I did something really cool and you just played video games. So, but the, the nice thing is, uh, I mean, I've got this all sort of sorted up. This is my plan. I've got it all planned out. I'm taking my mother mm-hmm. two days before. I have to be there for filming. So I'm taking my mother to my Aunt Lois's, who lives in Coburg, which is an hour 28 yeah. east of Toronto. Oh. So I, we're going to go past Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> drop my mother off. I'm going to stay with Matt and Crystal, who are about 20 minutes from the studio. So that won't be so bad. And then uh, we'll, when I'm, I'm done, I'll pick my mother up, and then the next day... Go home. There you go. So it's all sort of planned out. Hopefully the shooting dates don't change. Because they are starting filming Tuesday. Ooh, Ooh wow. wow. But you know, like with these things too, it's like I don't know, I don't know what's coming out. Like it could be a year, it could be yeah. two years from now. Yeah. So anyway, that that's what I got to do. Updates. So yay. That's awesome. I, it was so nice to be here. You'll in the, hopefully share information as you can. As I can. Yes. It was it was so much fun to be in a professional studio. Yeah. It really was. And on that note, it's time for Nick's pop culture roundup. So a story I've been following closely, mostly due to morbid curiosity, has finally, hopefully, <laughs> come to an end. That's right. So Florida Joker has finally given up pursuit of suing Rockstar Games for using his likeness in the GTA 6 trailer. Florida Joker? Florida Joker. Can you explain Florida Joker to me? I am unfamiliar. I'm going to be very honest with you. I wish I was in a position to not have to explain this, but here it goes. So there is a gentleman in Florida, and I use the term gentleman very, very loosely, who has 
done himself up to look like Jared Leto's Joker. He's got the face tattoos, the green hair, and all that stuff. Good for him. So, Grand Theft Auto... Because it's the Grand Theft Auto series, they're taking the aspects of... All of the bad aspects of Florida and cranking it right up to 11. And so this they, they use some, a character in it that looks like this Florida Joker guy. And so Florida Joker guy has made videos saying that he's going to sue uh, Rockstar Games for $10 million. Then he dropped it down to $6 million and maybe let him voice the character. And now he's down to, you know, $100,000. Just, just pay me $100,000, $50,000. And let me voice the character. But we don't even know if the character has any lines. Listen, Florida Joker, let me tell you something. You have nothing proprietary. You will not win. Rockstar can bury you. Just let it go. Be well, thankful you're in a video game. If, if that's even you. If it's even you. That's exactly it. And the fact is, Rockstar has... All the lawyers. Yeah. All the lawyers. Enough lawyers to, to ruin this guy's life. But well, anyway. and so does Warner Brothers who can go, hey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he's opening himself up to a lot of trouble. And the, the, the just to fin finalize it, Rockstar has ignored him completely. And that's why he keeps making the videos. But anyway, it's an interesting form of litigation. Oh, what a fun time we live in. I know, right? All right, so a new Predator film is in the works oh, uh, okay. from director of Prey, Dan Trachtenberg. Right now is titled Badlands, and Amber Midthunder, at this point, Amber Midthunder is only potentially returning. Okay. But if okay. she does, then she's the first, uh, first main protagonist to return to the series. Yeah, that's true. Not entirely sure what this one's going to be. A lot of people have been really wanting the whole you know, Shogun storyline, but, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. But if it's Dan Trachtenberg, and it's, and even if it's half as good as Prey was, I'm there. I'm watching Prey that. was not bad. I'd like them to amp it up a bit. I enjoyed Prey. We yeah. talked about it yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. I did like it a lot, but I would like to see them amp it up just like, just for the sake of it, right? I, a little more violent, a little more, yeah. you know, a little more stalkerish prey versus predator kind of thing you know i'd really like to see that like like lean into it yeah i i agree with that like the the first the first two predator movies were gutturally violent yeah they were brutal and they were fun to watch and i and again i really liked prey but it would have been nice to get that same level of brutality and give us a jesse ventura line that is still quoted today i ain't got time to bleed give oh. us something like that he has a couple of good lines in that movie, but anyway. Um, and finally, the cast of Marvel's Fantastic Four has been confirmed in a neat little graphic that Marvel released. Uh, as previously mentioned, Pedro Pascal will be playing Reed Richards. Uh, we have Vanessa Kirby of The Crown fame. She played uh, Princess Diana in The Crown. She'll be playing Sue Storm. Uh, Eben Moss Bacharach from The Bear uh, will be Ben Grimm. And Joseph Quinn... Eddie from Stranger Things. I'm happy with that. Will be Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Um, it's a it's an interesting cast. I'm excited to see where they go. I love Pedro Pascal. I'm sure he'll do well as Reed Richards. I'm really interested in seeing where Quinn goes with Johnny Storm because he can go the same way that Luke Evans went. Right. You know the cock like playing that cocky youth and all that stuff. Yeah. You know it's it's interesting. I honestly think with all of the Marvel properties, the Fantastic Four is probably the most difficult to cast because there's just a certain look and a certain style that the Fantastic Four has. So it makes it casting interesting and difficult. I think the strength of the first two movies was that they had a really good cast. The scripts weren't great, but the casting was. See, I, I, I never really had any problems with those movies because at its core... Well, those movies were a bit campy, and at its core, Fantastic Four is a little bit campy, a little well, bit silly. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I had the problem with the original Fantastic Four. First of all, Michael Chiklis as Ben Grimm was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. They were Fantastic Four, but the the basic storyline 
offended me to the core. You have one of the most iconic, badass Marvel villains in Doctor Doom. And his whole motivation, the whole reason he's doing his dickery, the whole thing is, Reed just stole my girl. I'm just like, no, I'm no, no, I'm sorry. This this is just not not good storytelling. Great cast, not great storytelling. The Rise of the Silver Surfer, slight, slightly better, slightly better. But I just give us a good Fantastic Four movie. I don't care who you cast. Just give us a good script. You know they're they're talking about. Allegedly, they're casting Silver Surfer for, for this movie as well. Well, there you go. And Doug people, Jones. Well, Doug I, Jones. But that, that's the thing. People are like, well, who could they get to play the Silver Surfer? I don't know. The guy that played him the last time there was a Silver Surfer? He was pretty good. Did, maybe let him talk this time? Well, he, but did, he did talk. It no, was, it was... Um, voice. Oh, my God. Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne yeah. was the, the voice, voice of the Silver yeah. Surfer. But Doug Jones yeah. was the body. Yeah. No, I mean, let Doug Jones do the voice. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, that's... And another neat thing is um, there. it's the first time a... And I'm only bringing this up because the religion is an important aspect to the character. But it's the first time a Jewish actor is playing Ben Grimm, which is, mm. which is cool. Very cool. You got that representation there. Um, not as important to the character, say, Daredevil, but still a, a central aspect of who he is. But you forgot the most important news. Kirby! No. Oh. <laughs> the new Deadpool trailer dropped. <laughs> you know, okay. In the graphic, we see Kirby the robot. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'd Kirby to... the robot. Okay. Okay. Right off the bat, John Mulaney as the voice of Kirby to me would be amazing. But that's me. That's me. Um, yeah, okay. We missed the, the... I missed the trailer for Deadpool. So, and I did that. Kind of purposely because I knew one of was one of you was going to bring it up, so that trailer <laughs> killed me. That trailer had me on the floor, and I loved it from start to finish. You know, oh. I, I just love the breaking of the fourth wall. Oh my god! Oh. No, no, no. He, there's he no break. Yeah, there's no breaking this time. <laughs> he he has a a wrecking ball, and he's left. <laughs> you can see like the 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 twentieth century fox sign is there in the background, <laughs> broken. Yeah. It is, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, am yeah. so excited for it. I will be there opening night. Nobody can stop me. Oh, no, uh, not, no, yeah. absolutely. We were definitely going to go because, I mean, let's face it. You look at all these superhero movies from 20 years on, right? There have been different Supermen. There have been different Batman. There have been different Spider-Men. Mm -hmm. There have been different Hulks. Yep. There's only been one Wolverine, and that is Hugh Jackman. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Technically, there's only been one Deadpool. Too. I know, but I yeah. mean, that, that, hey, he's going works. on four movies, four out of four, and he's yeah. the only Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you're doing pretty well. But you know, like, oh, I, I, can't Jackman, I can't to wait to see how Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman riff oh together. My. Oh, oh my! Be oh, and, and, so and in the iconic yellow and blue. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for that. I'm. Allegedly, he's got the mask as well. I cannot wait to see that. Yeah, we haven't seen like, any I'm, pictures of that. Oh, yeah. but I mean, anything. if you think about it, like there's going to be some. There's got to be going to be some throwbacks to the independent Wolverine movies where that Deadpool was in. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, we've already had a throwback to that, right? Yeah. Um. There. I mean, th this movie has so much potential to be completely balls to the wall wild. It could save the Marvel movies. I think. I okay. I understand that, but I feel like that's putting a lot of pressure on this movie. And put I the pressure on Deadpool can do it. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm well, sorry. All right. Right. Remember. Well, remember. It, 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 he's Marvel Jesus. <laughs> if if anyone can do it, Marvel Jesus. Well, yeah. Can do it, it. Look, <laughs> if Deadpool and Wolverine can't save it, then just give it up. Uh, yeah. Then sorry, Marvel. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, if, okay. You know what? Yeah. Fair. If, if Wolverine and and Deadpool can't do it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I think we're going to see a lot of very fun cameos in this film. Oh, I hope so. Like, this is going to... This will be the multiversal film that I wanted Doctor Strange to be. There is a video, a reel, if you will, of... And it's, it's an old reel, of a dude 
jumping on a trampoline that has a thin layer of ice. Mm. You've probably seen it. So and satisfying. It's, it, yeah, because it's in slow-mo and it shatters and you see it all crack and everything like that. I feel like Deadpool and Wolverine is that whole thing where it's like the multiverse is now boom. Yeah. Just if they don't shatter it. And let's look at it. The TVA is in this thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good I have it like there's no way it can't be a good movie. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman alone are going to make this watchable. But And I like it because like yeah, with all the other say, you know, all the other ones, it's like, okay, we just ignore the old stuff, you know, the stuff that was made by the previous studios and move on with the new things. With Deadpool, you can't do that. You literally have to drag him in because he's going to mention it no matter what. So you might as well play along and like pretend that you know what he's talking about Mm -hmm. with the TBA. And that's just like the only that's the only way that I could think of them doing it was literally drag him over from one to the other. It makes me wonder if Loki's going to show up. Mm. Very very well could. And it makes me wonder if Deadpool's going to make really uh, off off key comments towards Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes. Probably. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well. Uh, I think we're excited for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Definitely excited for it. With that, it is time for our main topic. And aliens, we are talking about, I think, one of the biggest properties that the millennials have yes. had yeah. that they are excited for, and that is Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I got to be honest, my first foray into Avatar The Last Airbender was quite unfortunate. It was the oh, was live movie? action oh. movie because I when when these cartoons came out to your generation, mm-hmm. I was a full fledged adult doing work and other things. And there were a lot of adults that they were like, "Oh, whatever, it's for kids. Don't yeah, worry about right. it." Well, it's not so much that we were like, "Oh, it's for kids. Don't worry about it." It's mm-hmm. that we were doing adult things. Yeah. I was I was helping. You know, I was doing a lot of theater. Yeah. I was dating. Yeah. I was looking for. The TV future was, Mrs. Allen, which never showed up, uh, you know. TV was not a thing. I was looking after my grandmother. I like, you know, I, I I was working. I come home from work and you know shower off the day and and get everything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I just was not into it like you guys are. <laughs> I'm aware of it. So this is going to be an education for me. So for me, um, it came out when I was uh, when I was 20, and I just looked at it. Oh, this is some dumb kids' cartoon. I don't want to watch this crap. It wasn't until I was in my late 20s when I had Zipper. Right. And Zipper was a kid. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking for something to watch with this kid that isn't going to kill my brain like Booba or <laughs> Yoga of a Gab or any crap Zumba like foo. that. Oh. You <gasps> leave Zabuma Foo out of this. <laughs> you will get slapped. So uh, Avatar was on Netflix and I put it on and I fell in love with these characters. The I, I love the show. It was beautifully written. It was the arcs were great. I love the animation, like the animation style, but the 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 design of the world and all of the world building that goes into it, beautiful. Now it's actually not anime, but it's based on anime. Yeah, it's it's a it's anime based. Yeah. So my first experience with it was I wanted to watch it when it first came out, but uh, because it used the term avatar. Uh, one of my parents thought that it might be disrespectful to the religions that actually like have avatar beliefs and mm. like the reincarnations and stuff. So I didn't get to watch it. Right. But then when they announced Legend of Korra, I binge watched all of Avatar. Like I sat down and just knocked this thing out as fast as I possibly could, which is easy because they're half an hour episodes. Right. Mm-hmm. Loved yeah. it. Absolutely adored it. And then as soon as Korra came out, came out, I just went nuts over it right. i fell in love with it instantly though like i've always kind of liked the characters and i knew a bit about it but i hadn't watched it until uh like 2012 right so well in yeah. preparation for this i've actually watched a couple episodes there you go you know so i i think that's it's really kind of a cool animated series it's it's really good because it has like the aspect for children and it is animated, but a lot of the topics that they talk about, especially as the episode, the series goes on, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, they're still child friendly, but it's like stuff that adults need to recognize. It's like, to me, it's like a cartoon YA novel 
Like, yes. Yeah, like it's, it's it's made for a younger person, but it still has heavier um, uh, uh, themes for them. To yeah. Well, yeah. like we were talking about some like political stuff a while ago, and I was sitting there at the table, and I was just like, "There is no war in Bossing Say." Yeah. Um, I my parents didn't understand it, but it's it right basically away. censorship. Yeah. And keeping um, news and information from the citizens. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, there's so much, so much stuff that it talks about. It's topical. Yeah. 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 And, and it I, still is. Yeah. And you know, th- this is the thing, like, I, I realize that this is anime based mm-hmm. or inspired, but that's the thing with anime. It's like, it is not really for kids necessarily. Like they talk, they, it, it goes all different genres from horror to drama to mm-hmm. biopic even. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's this wonderful art form that I think they the creators of it were very smart in in taking that inspiration yes. and basing it in that because it has a familiarity to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's kind of the thing with the world building is that it was they lean very heavily into Asian influences, right? Yeah. Um and you see the different influences I guess I shouldn't say necessarily say Asian because you have uh, with with uh, the with the water tribes. It's kind of an Inuit. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's they're northern tribal things. Like you, you get here in Canada. There's the Inuit. There's um, the um, up in Lapland and Sweden and and Finland yeah. and places mm-hmm. like that. There are the Sami people. So I mean, like there's all kinds of cultures, kind of brought in and represented there. And I really love the fact that it is earth, wind, fire, and and water. Like it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic yeah. to, to have that kind of thing. And if I'm correct, you'll 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 mm-hmm. correct me if I'm not, the avatar, the air the airbender, he can do all of them. Yes. Yes. So the avatar in their history and stuff is the one person that can control all of the elements. Mm-hmm. And is basically like a peacekeeper amongst right. everyone. But in the beginning of Avatar The Last Airbender, um, the Avatar goes missing yes. for a hundred years. Yep. And they don't know where he is or why he left or if he's dead or if he's not. It's a whole big giant mess. Yeah. And so then Katara and Sokka, uh, two waterbending tribe or two water tribe siblings find the avatar who he's from the air nomads which makes him the last airbender frozen in ice just like captain america pretty much frozen (laughs) in ice with his uh sky bison oh god i love it i worked with a girl she had a big panel a big white panel man (laughs) but she had it done up to look like appa oh my god it was awesome i'm a terrible person I thought you were going to say I work with a girl who was an air bison. <laughs> it, it was her van. Thank and you. It was, it was so cool. And like uh, every time I would pass her, I'd be like, yep, yep. And she'd say, yep, yep. Back yep, yep. Because we got it back. We got it. That's what. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Just thank you for that clarification. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Just try, try not to lead into it like that. <laughs> the last air bison. <laughs> Um, I love Appa though. I, like he is one of my favorite fantasy creatures of all time. I think he's brilliant. Kind of reminded me of Felcor a bit. Yeah, I can I can see that. Mm. I can understand that. I'm I'm jacked to see him in the live action TV show. Like I know we've seen him in the trailer, but mm. I'm really hoping they they let him show some personality. Well, at the end. Why don't you guys talk about that? Talk well, about the the show well, that's well, coming out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So the show that's coming out um, comes out on Netflix uh, February 22nd. That's kind of neat because that is almost 19 years to the day of the original almost, release. Almost, yeah. February 21st, uh, 2005 was the original series and February 22nd, 2024. Man, also, they should have just waited a year and had like I, 20th, right? I know. But, I mean, I don't know. We wanted it four years ago. We so, wanted like, it now! Um, I am... I'm just going to put this out here first. Aliens, I am excited for it. I know there's been a lot of um, humming and hawing over everything and trying to figure out, well, is it going to be close? Is it not going to be close? And what about this? And what about that problem and this issue? I'm excited for it. I am going to go into it with a positive light because I love Avatar. Um, 
yes, I've heard some of the differences. Uh, like they've stretched out some of the main plots and like kind of made so it. So it's not... a reboot. Yeah, they so like they have one main plot in the cartoon series that they wouldn't be able to do in the live action because of how long it takes to film and edit. The kids age well past. Mm. So yeah. it it makes sense in my opinion for them to be like, hey, we can't really like you know it's supposed to happen in a year. They can't film four seasons in a year. That's it, impossible. It's it's the anointed one uh, problem from Buffy. In Buffy the second the second season of Buffy, the uh, main villain was the anointed one who mm-hmm. was a twelve year old boy vampire. Yeah. But they killed him off fairly quickly into the second season because they realized this kid's gonna age. We can't do this. Yeah. So I know there's a whole stink about that, and I get it. But, I don't know, I'm excited to see it. Um, I Live action, like, all the images look amazing. Uh, the creation, like, the costumes, the costumes look incredible. I saw it on a big 85-inch TV at work, and I literally just stared at it for a minute and just had to watch the entire commercial. Um, because Can it we just, just go to your work and so watch the entire pr- series? I mean, we probably could. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so cool and so pretty. Like, so I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yes, I am expecting some changes. To be honest, I don't mind them because it 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 is a little different. So we'll see. My my thing is if you, okay, I get it. Redoing the, the original cartoon is cool, but why when you have certain opportunities to do it a little bit differently, why not do it a little bit differently? I, I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of it's such a hard thing when you're doing a reboot or a remake or whatever because you want all those notes that are there to the original that made the original so successful Mm -hmm. at the same time you don't want to just have a rehash of of the original but we've seen where reboots have been so unsuccessful like nightmare on elm street uh friday the 13th uh the the, first movie the craft oh 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 my gosh Uh, okay with a with a reboot um i think the, the the most pointless reboot ever was psycho because it didn't take the opportunity to do anything different. It just did everything from the first movie, right. with the exception of a couple of little gross bits. Right, because Gus Van Sant believes that if you're doing a remake, it's shot for shot a remake. You're remaking the movie that... And and, and that's pointless, because you're not going to do it better than Hitchcock. Yeah, the, it, the original was a classic for some reason. Changed it up a little bit. Yeah. But, anyway. Anyway, um, anyway that probably will not happen with Avatar. No, no there's already a bunch of differences. And I did see one thing that said, uh, obviously, like, the original creators left for creative differences. Someone pointed out, well, maybe the original creators wanted something different and the Netflix people wanted to keep it more to the original. So maybe the creators wanted to change it, but they didn't change it, so that's why they left. Like, yeah, we don't like know. Ne- Netflix could be like, hey, we're... De- yeah. Full details have not come out. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to know. so many fingers in a pie yeah. on these things, right? Yeah. And I don't know where the buck stops. Yeah. Well, it's also, since Korra came out, and then all of the uh, comics and all the other little things that they've come out with, like the whole Juan being the first Avatar and everything, the creators could have been like, ooh, let's change this now that we have a bigger world mm-hmm, created mm-hmm. and we can set this up for something else that makes more sense. And so they might've wanted to change it, but yeah. then Netflix is like, no, we don't want to go that far. Let's stick to the original content that you made. We have no idea. We can just sit here and assume all day. Yeah. Yes, they left, but. And there's always a trail of money. How yeah, much money it, do that's, we have? Yeah. So. Now there is an interesting thing in I mean, we get to see some really, really great visuals in Avatar. But let's say this does exceptionally well and they decide to do a re- uh, live-action remake of Korra. Mm. There is some stuff in Korra that would be amazing to oh. see live-action. Korra would be incredible. So what are you guys most excited to see from this? <laughs> Appa. <laughs> um, God, I don't even know. So, like... I don't know, I look at a lot of the costume stuff with live action things from a cosplayer perspective, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks like, you know, that's how I kind of would have made it and designed things. Because there's so many, like, when I was making my Katara cosplay, it was a pain in the butt. Because there was no way to fasten that thing closed. But 
there actually should be. So it was like, well, how do I fasten it? Do I just make it to pull over my head? Do I like actually fasten the front like a robe? Because it's made supposed to be a robe, but it doesn't look like that. And then with this live action stuff, they actually made it so you can see the closures. You can see the straps, how they close their stuff. It's not just a robe with a belt put around mm-hmm. it like it is in the animated. They actually have the ties. And yeah. like for Sokka's arm things, and I mean, for my brother, I had to take another piece of cloth and put the wrappings around right. them. When in this, it's like, oh yeah, this is how... So from like the costume perspective, oh, it's amazing. I looked at the details and I'm just like, look at all that, like all the stuff that they had and all this. And like, it looks so good. And like, as much as we love Katara's hair loopies and like the the bun in the back with the braid, yeah. that is so heavy. That would hurt your, your head for having your mm-hmm. hair in that constantly right so it's i don't know i'm very excited to see how they turn it into live action because obviously animation is one thing and detail and like yeah it's oh and having just gone through that process i understand how painstaking it is too oh, yeah you know because they want it to look right they, they mm-hmm. don't want to disappoint fans they it has to look good on camera yeah you know it has to have all those little details that you'll probably never see or notice unless yeah. you're like right up close. But a sharp-eyed fan like yourself yeah. is going to sit there and go, mm, that, no, no. So they really have to be on their game. It's it's so, so hard to take a 2D animator, even a 3D like cartoon yeah. of something and turn it into a thing that you need to wear on your body. And it's taken me, I'll admit, it's taken me years to be like, oh, I'm not going to get this cosplay exactly like how it is on screen because that's a drawn. And it, it, I still have trouble wrapping my mind around it, but I've gotten better. But like, I don't know, I'm really excited because now I'm like, well, now do I remake my Katara? I probably won't because I do Korra more than Katara now. But it's, oh, it's going to be so tempting. It's going to be so tempting. One of the th- things, okay, yeah, I'm excited to to see Appa and all that, all the creatures that they have, all the because mm-hmm. all the creatures are amalgamations of two different animals, right? right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things I'm nice. r- really looking forward to is the scene in live action, the relationship between Aang and Zuko play out because their their relationship is the drive is one of the driving forces of the show, and watching them go from bitter rivals to best friends is going to be one of the coolest things. Yeah. Like, I'm just so looking forward to it. And I love Zuko. So, Nick, you mentioned this um, drama between two characters, you know, like there's a, that's kind of like the heart of it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it all comes down to like yin and yang, like polar opposites, right? And they even use that in the visuals with the, uh, with the fish in the end at the end of the first season the fish the dragons yeah a lot of a lot of the um and i think ren can talk talk to this a little bit more about a lot of what you see in the show is based off of uh like taoism buddhism stuff mm-hmm. like that um and i know even the fighting um the fighting styles were based off of or the the bending styles, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, okay. were yeah. based off of actual fighting styles. Well, what are some of the fighting styles that the, the bending is, is based off of? So, like, there's videos on YouTube which are incredible to watch. So, like, water bending is based off of Tai Chi. So, it's very slow, nice, fluid nice, motions yeah. as if it was a river. Um, the earth bending is Hungar, which is a lot of, like, stomping and, like, direct hits. As if right. you're, like, stomping at the earth, punching right. things. Um, fire bending is a northern Shaolin... Uh, so it's a lot of, uh, from the videos that I've seen, a lot of kicks and right. a lot of like flips and stuff like that. The airbending is something called uh, Bang Huazai. Bang Huazang, sorry if I said it wrong. But it's very fluid. Right. You can still do like a punch or a hit. Right. But it's more with an open palm. And it's right. less of a, when I watch this stuff, it's less of like a hit to kill. It's more of a hit to just get them back and, like, wound, like, right. to, to knock them out, kind Defensive, of. almost. Yeah, defensive, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, airbending, there's a whole discussion about how dangerous airbending is, and it doesn't come up that much in the original Avatar series. Um, there are some things that they do with the bending in the show that is dark, even for 
a kid, like even for oh a kid's show. Once you bring in blood yeah. bending, you're like, woo, geez. You know, it's interesting too because in, in this, the Asian culture, they're very in tune with these elements, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I see this in Demon Slayer as well. Yep. Where they've, uh, a lot of their attacks are based on water or fire or yeah, earth they, or Yeah, they have typical, typical Japanese elements are water, fire, earth, air, and metal. Right. Yeah. And the metal, so each, uh, bending style has a sub bending style, so like the earth benders can bend. Some of them can bend metal or lava. Um, the water benders can bend blood because of the water and the blood, and but they can only really do it. Deep. They can only do it on certain conditions. So if there's right. a full moon and only certain people can do it, it's it may it takes a dark twist. And then <laughs> the earth, uh, the fire benders can bend lightning. So oh. they can either make or redirect lightning, which is something that one of the older characters teaches. Oh my god, that's do. awesome! One of the, one of the things, just going, just going my, back to the darkness of it, I just because I want to touch on airbending for a second. One of the things that you can do with airbending that is really dark is you could use it to suffocate someone. And they do that oh. in Korra. Oh yeah. my god! It doesn't happen too much in because so Aang is very like. Yeah, let's go. Go with the flow. Eager, happy, excited, ready to go. So he probably wouldn't. He's 12. Yeah, he's yeah. 12. He probably wouldn't do that. But later on in Korra, you see flashbacks, and Korra's just a darker. It's made Korra, Avatar, uh, Legend of Korra, was made for basically the av- the original Avatar fans. Right. Grown up, like right. in their 20s, which right, is yeah. what Korra is. So it does take a little bit of a darker, like more adult kind of path, but not that much. Like it's still no. kid friendly. No, are are the tribes vastly different too? Yes. Yeah. Um. Even the the southern versus the northern water tribes are very different. Like this. Sorry, my memory is killing me right now. Uh, Katara comes from the southern tribe, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because we so, we talked a little bit about the influence of Inuit and Sound. Yeah. And so the, there's um, two different tribes of water. Mm-hmm. The fire all has their own kind of area. The earth has their area, and the air the air have nomad. They're nomadic people. Right. Um. So they have different temples, but they kind of travel all around. When yeah. They but are, are they based on actual cultures? Do you think? Or yeah, there are definitely influences. Okay. I wouldn't say based on, but, but influence. Well, yeah. Like, for example, in the Fire Nation, you can see. The influence of Japanese and Thai cultures. Right. So, um, like, they have very, um, like, the imperial Japanese sort of, like, roofs yeah. and buildings. Yeah, because but, what yeah. I remember from the, the live-action movie that I saw is that there, there felt like there was almost, I think it was with the, the I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. forgive me, the, the wind benders. The, yeah. The airbenders, right? Yeah, the airbenders. That it was almost like a Tibetan yes. influence. So yeah. they're based off of, like... The, Tibetan monks, right? Kind so there's of. a lot of Hinduism, a lot of yeah, Buddhism kind of stuff. Yes, it's very yeah. They're kind of look for the balance, and um, so they're like the Tibetan Buddhist Buddhist monks, right? Um, Fire Nation is very um, uh, feudal. Feudal. It has a lot of military. Oh, so um, almost shogunish. Yeah. So yeah. so it's based off of Imperial China and. Japan, right? Um, and then Earth Kingdom is Imperial China with a lot of Korean influences. Like, so a lot of the clothing is like you can look at it and be like, "That's Korean." That's really cool. Clothing. That yeah. is really yeah. Cool. And then the Water Tribe is the Inuit kind of like Inuit's the default that everybody says. Yeah, but like yeah. there is. Yeah. So the Northern Russian Canada right. Lapland kind of right. stuff. So with with the Southern Mongolian. Yeah. A bit of it, yeah. With the southern versus the northern, with the southern you get kind of this this kind of low peasant feel right. from, from them, as where they get to the northern water tribe and they're more regal. They have they even have a deeper, more royal blue uh, color code. That is definitely Saumi. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 uh, they have the big cities. They have like part of it is that they have all the water benders. The southern right. water tribe does not have any right. except for Katara. Right, because they're in like in a desert or something. They're right? they're they're in like Antarctic normal thing, and then um, north the northern water tribe has all the big cities and right. the ice fixtures and the princess and the leaders and <laughs> and they're always like that. That's just I mean, yeah, it's a little better in Korra, but they're still they're still like the little tribes. For for a little bit of context, Korra kind of takes place. In, oh yeah, sorry, Hun- um, in like 
what would be the late 1910s to early 1920s. It's diesel punk oh, 1920s. No. They have cars and... Oh, oh, oh yeah. You my friend it's, had me at diesel oh, punk. I'm, it's incredible. I love the aesthetic I, of that. Sorry, I love Cora mostly because diesel punk. Oh, I love it, the it's aesthetic the 20s. of diesel punk. Oh, it's oh, my so pretty. God, I'll have to show that. you pictures. Before yes, you for leave. sure. But so Cora is the next avatar after Aang. Right. So yeah. that's that you can see the comparison. I, I know the two it's places, huge, but, and you know, I feel almost like I feel so lost in a way because there was so <laughs> much great stuff that came out when I was probably around thirty doing yeah. adult things. You know. <laughs> And it's it's such a shame that I don't know more about Pokemon and, and oh, it's Airbender. A, it's and, okay. Avatar is on some streaming show, I'm sure. If yeah, not, I, I think I have the stuff for it. I, I like I'm, I'm gonna say this right now. I can get you caught up in Avatar. Pokemon, you're on your damn. Oh level. no, I, you know what? No, I um, damn self with yeah. that. Anyway, back back to Avatar, <laughs> which I have seen a few episodes yeah. of now. Thank there's, you. There's also some pretty good I don't want to say these are like the first starters of a lot of the main characters but like the voice actors okay they've so, gone on and done a lot of or a good amount of other things so we've got some familiar voice actors yeah, yeah. oh so like, yeah I know like Katara is uh Mae Whitman yeah she's done Parenthood she's done she was in Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim um she, she was, was in the Duff she was uh, April O'Neil in the 2012 Ninja Turtles cartoon. She was, yeah. Yeah, I see a name that I'm familiar with, Dante Bosco, who was in Hook. Yeah, so yep. he is huge. Rufio! Huge on the Avatar scene. He actually runs a podcast. Oh, nice. That's, uh, or I think it's still going. I'm not too sure. It's him and then the voice of Korra. And they talk about the, the episodes. Yeah. But, so he comes out to every, like, when he comes out to a con, there's people either, it's like Zuko or Rufio. Take your yeah, pick. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what you're dressed as. And I, I see Mako. That's a name I'm yeah. familiar with. So that one's actually really, it makes makes me a little sad, but in, like, a good way. So Mako was um, Uncle Iroh. And Uncle Iroh, I don't know if you saw him in the episodes. He's Zuko's uncle. He's, like, yeah. old guy obsessed with tea. He loves yeah. being calm. He He's actually a crazy, amazing general. But then he's like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. So he's very calming. And yeah, so Mako, this is like one of his last things. And he died in July of 2006. Yeah. And then someone else took over. But they actually did a whole episode devoted to him called yeah. um, The Leaves from the Vine. Or it's basically like an Iroh day out. Yeah. And it's they follow Iroh and he goes and does a whole bunch of like stuff for his son that died in a war. And that... It makes me cry. <laughs> Moving just to just a sidebar for a second. That's another thing I love about this show is that when they like it's a it's a twenty episode season, twenty seven episode season. Mm -hmm. They have an arc to get through, but when they have one of those filler episodes, yeah. it's just like a neat little slice of life episode, mm -hmm. and I, I appreciate that about it. It's not yeah. it's not crap. Yeah. yeah, it's not crap. But filler. yeah, and, and that's important too because I think of Walking Dead filler episodes uh, that were just episodes. such garbage. Yeah. yeah, this one it has honestly like it has nothing to do with the plot. Like it doesn't yeah. further the plot. It doesn't, but it shows just Iroh from a different light, and then like he goes and celebrates like you know the death of his son, or not celebrates, but like memorializes the death of his yeah. son, and at the end it's dedicated to him. Um. But also, though, in Korra, they have a character named Mako who's named after him. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you still had to do, like, and now we're going to name a character after you. And I and see um, see Mark Hamill's on there. Mark, oh, yeah. Mark Hamill. <laughs> so before we get into that, let's actually talk about some of the, the guest stars that are on the show. There, <laughs> There is ties so many. to every, like, sci-fi and fantasy, huge ties. You've got Mark Hamill. Um, you've got... Jason Isaacs. Oh yeah, okay. Clancy so you got, Brown. Yeah. So Mark Hamill, Jason Isaacs, Clancy Brown, George Takei, many others. Um, and to add to that, uh, just moving away from voice actors for a second, it was also the current Star Wars creative head, Dave Filoni's original stomping ground. Oh, yeah, okay, he directed okay. several of the first season. So he episodes. started. Yeah, and that's honestly when I was like, "Who's this Dave guy?" And I was like, "Oh, Avatar." Okay, well he can't be that bad. Like, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> who's this Filoni fellow? I didn't know. And and because it's me, because it's me, yeah. I have to mention this. There is the a boulder. character called the Boulder. 
voiced by Mick Foley. <laughs> and he he voices the boulder as the rock. He literally it's, just, ama- it's so amazing. He fights against his little this little girl named Toph, who's a who's a who's a earthbender. Just the boulder is conflicted with his feelings. So fast. Oh no, it's hilarious. <laughs> I it, know. The boulder so is prime oh but character you have, love it. You have mankind, Mick Foley, voicing the rock, the rock. a boulder <laughs> or the boulder. The boulder. As the it's rock, a, it's not a boulder. It's a guy called the boulder. So I know, but still, you know, instead yep. of just getting the rock, yeah. So see, that's the other thing is that oh they are clearly making references. Yeah. No, to, to be fair, they couldn't have afforded the rock at this no, point. This was... I, I know it's fine. But there, there's a there's another thing is Toph. I love Toph, but sorry, that's getting a little off. Yeah. So yeah, it has a huge voice cast, um, and some of the voices have gone on to. Be mainstays in the vo- in the voice community. Oh, da- da- David Faustino, yeah, Bud so Bundy, yeah. Looking yeah. at uh, Legend of Korra, J.K. Yeah. Simmons, love him. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is Tenzin, who is uh, Aang's son and is in charge of training Korra. And yeah, yeah. it goes about as well as you can imagine. Yeah, Mindy <laughs> Sterling. Yeah, I love Mindy Sterling. Um, Pierre D. Bradley Baker. Bradley Baker is. I mean, he does all the animal voices. He's a big voice actor for mostly animals, I think. But he does all the animal voices in all the shows. And That's amazing. Yeah. So they got some good names. Like these guys, the two creators, uh, they worked on Family Guy and King of the Hill. And then one of them did Invader Zim, like story arc stuff, storyboards. <laughs> so so <laughs> they had stuff before they did Avatar. It's a complete sidebar. Every time I see something... Advertiser, somebody put something out there that I I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. That is so super cool. I always throw up Space Invaders. I'm going. I have a mighty need. Yes. No, I but love, yeah. So I love Invaders. They worked so on much. that stuff before they started Avatar. Um, my uh, Michael Dante DiMartino. Um, he actually completely quit his job at Family Guy to do this. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. Like, this was it for him. I think it was a smart move. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, it was. They made. Yeah, it's it's incredible. But now they have this like whole world designed, mm-hmm. and they have you know every time the avatar comes back, there's a cycle. So it's like it's was it waterbender, earthbender, firebender, airbender, and it keeps going and going and going. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, it's there's so much detail that gets worked in, right. but just story story wise. How long is a cycle? Um, it's however, as long as they die. Is it, like, is die. it like a year? Is it two years? Cause no, no, no. Because so if it's two years, it's a bi-cycle. <laughs> <laughs> the cycle start, starts and ends. A cycle starts and ends when an avatar is born, born, born. and dies. Right. So a, a life cycle. Be, yeah. Yeah. Either in battle or whatever. But or there's, through old age and going to the wind. Exactly. Yeah. And like, so you see a lot of them in... Uh, with Aang, because Aang's trying to look back and, you know, get advice. Because he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 12. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to do this. So you see, um, like, the last fire, uh, the last fire avatar who helps him. The last earth avatar who's basically just like, slaughter everybody. And it's like, Kyoshi, calm down, please. Um, <laughs> Chill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's a bit, she's a bit feisty. Um. But yeah, so then it's, and then in Korra, Aang comes back to help Korra with her own stuff that goes on. But it's, oh, it's just, it's such a wholesome show, in my right. opinion. Like, yeah. um, it, it has two siblings and then a bunch of uh, just other people that they decide to grab together and they have to learn their own stuff. Like uh, Toph creates metal bending right. or unlocks it metal bending to be able to free herself and then she teaches a whole bunch of other metal benders how to be basically police force right later on so so refresh my memory who are the two siblings so the siblings are katara and sokka they're the water tribe right and which is which um katara's a girl and sokka's the boy because i remember just having watched like i said a couple episodes Mm -hmm. in yeah uh if i recall right sokka is not really yeah, he's not a bender. No, but he's not 
too sure about the avatar. He's, he, yes. Yes. he has yeah. his doubts. Oh, right? he definitely yeah. has his doubts. And yeah, it's he not always has doubts, but for the first while, he's like, You're not the avatar. Like, yeah. I don't trust. And like he makes You're fun just of Katara's. Some dude we found a nice bra. Like, exactly. Like he he makes fun of Katara's bending all up yeah. until a certain point, and he just I don't know. He's he's also like the comic relief for sure. Yeah, because it almost, but it's almost also, he takes like he takes a leader role when he has to. Yeah, because it almost seemed to me like he was like. He's not the Avatar, bro. Then, like, the Avatar's over there doing something very Avatar-ish. Yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of what happens, but... That, that is one of the interesting things about all the main characters is that they, they have their starting point, and they do grow up. They do go through a change. Because Sokka goes from being a... I mean, he's always a smartass. <laughs> he never stops that. But he goes from being a smartass teenager to being a someone who can take control and can take leadership yeah. mm-hmm. and rally people. Yeah. And that really becomes yeah. his power. Yeah, and one of the things I noticed too, now maybe I'm wrong and I hope I'm not, mm-hmm. is it didn't seem like we had the tropes of a Mary Sue or a Marty Stew. Like they they, they come mm-hmm. by all this stuff very naturally, right? Yes. And like so they, they already have the power or they are training for the power or they meet up to it. So like they, yeah. there isn't just this this wonderkind that all of a sudden is like I can do so, this. When when they find Aang, Aang only knows how to how to uh, airbend. Right. He needs to learn the others, and Katara becomes his teacher. But <clears throat> the problem is, Katara is still learning. Right. And she and she has to learn on her own because she has no other waterbenders right. to but learn. But that's from, that's so. what I mean. It's like they are yeah. learning. They're not just yeah. like you know like all of a sudden I've been bestowed with this power, yeah. so suddenly I know how to fight and can take a hit. Yeah. yeah, and even to a point like Ang is like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to learn the other ones. Like oh, yeah. if I just he, don't learn them, then it's not a big deal. Yeah. But uh, like he kind of gets forced into it. So even though he has all the power of their of world, yeah, and technically could like you know he shows up in a city and he's like, I'm the Avatar, and they're like, Here's this gift and here's that gift and oh my gosh, the Avatar is back and like because that's the position that the Avatar yeah. has, but he. Just because of how Aang is, he doesn't really want to do that. But also, he's he wouldn't use it like even when you see the flashbacks in in um, Korra, he doesn't abuse the power. Right. Yeah. He if you just like if you deserve to have your bending taken away, he'll take away your bending, which is a power that only the Avatar has. But he doesn't do it willy nilly. Right. You have to have a reason, and you right. have to like there's a trial system normally, and then if if you still sh- if you still mess up, then right. Yeah, because Guess what? all these things that from the the cultural moments that they have taken or been inspired by, there is a a code, there is rules, there are there, there's a, a certain way that you do things. You you bow to your sensei. You do all these mm-hmm. things that you live by, and you know you, you there's a reason for it. Yeah, you know, and if you don't like like let's think of the Karate Kid as an example, mm-hmm. right? Mr. Miyagi shows him. It's like, no, no, wax on, wax off. Paint the fence. Do mm-hmm. the, and then, you know, finally Danny gets upset. And he's like, why are you having me do all this? He's like, well, show me. And he's like, boom, 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 boom. So yep. You have now learned karate. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. And that that's kind of what happens later on. Like, in like so Aang has to kind of figure it out by himself. Yeah. Then he teaches his kids how to do airbending or yeah. waterbending, whatever they have. Um, and Tenzin does that. Tenzin mm-hmm. tries to do the old style stuff with yeah. Korra. Korra yeah. has nothing to do. She doesn't want the old style. She doesn't want the yeah. boring. She knows everything except for airbending. Right. Because she cannot get her mind wrapped around airbending. Because that's not against her personality. Yeah. Just like how firebending was against yeah. Aang's personality. So to get Korra to learn airbending... She has to go in and join basically this sports team yeah. with constant fighting. And then she learns airbending. And right. Tenzin's like, oh, I can't do what I wanted to do anymore. Like, my dad's teaching is all out the window. Right. But he embraces it. But that was kind of my point, right? It's like, yeah. that it's step by step by step by step by step. It's not yep. just automatically like, I've imbued you with powers. Yeah. Now you know how to do all these things yeah. and how to fight. And the the most powerful state an avatar can be in is, is called the avatar state. And when Aang first hits the Avatar state, complete mistake. Shouldn't have happened. Yeah. 
And it takes everything out of him and he doesn't just recover from it. He's down for a while. Right. It it causes a problem. So he 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 then has to work towards actually being able to hit that state again and control it. And it takes two seasons to do that. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I've always liked about anime or anime inspired um properties is the fact that there are always stakes more so than you see in the typical Hollywood way of telling <clears throat> telling stories. You know, there's always that that moment where they could very well lose. I think about uh, yeah. de- I, 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 I've been watching Demon Slayer, so I, I think about Demon Slayer where in season two, there was this character that was completely uh, was supposed to be more powerful than the, the characters that were following. And he gets his he gets wasted by the villain. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, my God, this character existed for like that one season. But I mean, there are stakes in anime and these kind of stories. People can die and mm-hmm. often do yeah, and at, um, and this the, the story is like they give everything they leave it all there on the table mm-hmm. and they barely survive and now sometimes they survive in the most miraculous ways where you think they should have been dead like, <laughs> are I, you kidding me but when, when i look at anime i i know those I, just leaving avatar alone for a second i know asian storytellers are not afraid to traumatize their audience. No. <laughs> they revel in it. Oh, you remember when I saw a Silent Voice, how it wrecked me? Well, it even, wrecked me. Even leaving anime for a second, Train to Busan, like I mentioned yeah. before, like that movie. Ha, have you read like the stories from the Shinto belief? Yeah, some of them, yeah. Yeah, I oh, they, it, it gets messed up. See, but that's, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I, I know that, modernly we're a little bit afraid and rightfully so not to tread on somebody else's culture or misappropriate it Mm -hmm. but i still think that there's an opportunity for you to enjoy what the culture puts out to observe what the culture puts out to bring it into your soul and and learn something from it and that's celebrate it yeah that's what i love about these things right is that you start to learn about other cultures like i'm learning so much about the world from talking to people in different parts of the world that first of all as i've said nothing is where i thought it was yeah <laughs> you know? and but just to understand that culture a little bit better you know <laughs> like and the more you do that the more you expand your view the more you realize that maybe we need to change things here in north america a lot yeah honestly it's I mean, I could literally sit and talk about Avatar for hours. You I'm have sure no you no idea. Could. Avatar is... If I had, like, a focus thing, it would probably be Avatar. Um, that or but, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, no. I I I know a lot weird, like, more in-depth Star Wars fans than I am. But uh, Avatar would probably be my thing. But it's just... They took, they took all of the inspirations from different cultures and did it... And put them all to not together. It was respectful. They they did a respectful job at it. Yeah. They obviously changed things for what they wanted, and they didn't do it perfectly because yeah. that's not what they wanted. But they still did it in a respectful way, mm-hmm. and that's one reason why I love Avatar, and that's one reason why I pretend I I really like to say that the other movie didn't exist or wasn't an <laughs> avatar because that has so many problems we won't even talk about it but um the original series and Korra I I, I think they're incredible like even Korra like Korra has to tackle the spirit realm which is an entirely different thing that Aang never got to or yeah. barely sorry barely got to like and that is something I'd love to see in live action yeah so that is a whole different Whole different thing. I can literally do episodes and episodes on Avatar. But super excited for the new for the new show. Well, That's... you know what? I'm just gonna have to go back and check it out. I believe it's playing on Netflix, which I can watch. So I will have to go and check mm-hmm. out more. Like I said, I've, I've seen a couple episodes. I enjoyed it. I wish I had more time to watch more things right yeah. now. I'm I'm pretty busy right now, but when I get those moments, I will watch more and we it's... can continue the discussion. Oh, so and for the new series. I'm going to go back to something that was said about Korra. Korra was made for the fans being a little bit older. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of that 
in this new series. All, we're, not, we're now all adults and life sucks. Yeah, and I, I think even though it's going to be the 12, 13, 14-year-old characters that it's gonna they be originally dark. were, it's yeah. going to be dark. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Well, but I think we're good. I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on it when we actually see it. Yeah, I will be watching it with my cactus juice and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> I'll be ready to hear someone yell, Oh, my cabbages! <laughs> <laughs> Nick, remind our aliens how they can get a hold of us one more time. They can find us on social media. That is TikTok, Threads, and Instagram at the Area 51H. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching for Area 51 and a half. And of course... Don't forget to check out our Patreon. You'll be able to find some really neat goodies, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. All right, aliens, that is all the time we have for this episode of Area 51 and a Half. This is Spooky Uncle John and... Snyder Man 501, Nick Snyder. And Ren, and I'm the Avatar, and you got to deal with it. <laughs> I can live with that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Landing Pad, aliens, and we'll see you in two weeks.